you know the God I'm talking about, give him a shout right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How many are excited to be in the house of God? I feel like I ask y'all this every week, but I really be, thank you. I really be serious. I want to know who's excited to be in the house of God today. Did you feel welcomed when you walked in? Did you feel revived when you walked in? Did you feel expectant when you walked in? Because expectancy is such an important thing. If you don't, if you come to church, you're not expecting God to do anything in your life. Then coming to church is just coming to a building. But if you came expecting God to do something tonight, I want you to know that God's going to do something so significant in us in this moment. Even in, even in this moment we're in right now, God is shifting things inside of our minds, inside of our hearts, inside of our spirits. He's right in our futures. <laughs> Such an important thing to know that God has our future in his hand. He has our story in his hand. I, I believe in one song said you hold it all together. <laughs> he holds it all together. He holds everything together. Even when we feel like we're falling apart, he holds us together. And I'm so excited to know that we serve a God that literally holds it all together. Because how many of you feel like, man, I can't hold it all together? I struggle to get here. <laughs> so in this moment, I want to let you know that you can, be, you can release that strain of trying to hold it together and give it to God so he can hold it together. Amen. Uh, my name is Pastor Lincoln. Uh, I am the worship pastor and the young adult pastor here at New Life Church. And I count it as a blessing to come before you tonight. We've been in a crazy series. Um, what's the name of our series? Somebody shout it. What's your status? Somebody said, somebody said, married. That's good, brother. What's your status? And it doesn't have to be um, intimate relationships. This series is even geared towards mostly about our relationship with Jesus, the practical and the spiritual. And it is so important that we value the relationship, our relationship with Jesus, because if we don't value it, who will? If we don't value the relationship with Jesus, you see, a lot of people um, kind of get it, it mixed up. They think that Jesus is religion, Jesus is relationship. And they focus so much on the religion part because there's so many rules and regulations. And I challenge you to think of Jesus as relationship and everybody knows that relationships have rules <laughs> relationships have rules if we're in relationship if we're in intimate relationship I don't expect you to go sleep around everybody or talk to everybody or flirt with everybody and that's what Jesus is calling us to do he wants us to be committed to him in relationship so relationships have rules and I don't want us to be caught up on the rule aspect. I want us to be caught up on the fact that we value relationship. We value relationship, practical and spiritual. Amen. Um, tonight, 
is a particular topic that I have been, or you can keep going, Antoine, because um, I'm going to need your help. <laughs> um, tonight is a topic that I have dreaded and been expected and excited to talk about. And I want to give you, um, I want you to turn to John chapter 15, verse 4. John chapter 15, verse 4. such a sweet spirit in here. Can y'all feel that? It just feels like it's, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be good. The Bible says in John um, chapter 15 verse 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. Um, guys upstairs, if you look in the YA Knights folder in Dropbox, that's where all my um, slides are. And I want to give them time to, to download that. Uh, we'll, we'll just, Greg, Hunter, you don't have to worry about it. But I want you guys to turn to Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 2. Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. Thank you. The word of God says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Say that with me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Tonight, I want to talk about open relationships. Open relationships. And I, and I want to ask you to do this. I want us to open our minds and spirits to receive so we can close some doors. Does that make sense? I want us to open our minds and our spirits to receive what the word tonight so that we can close some doors. Amen. Pray with me. Thank you, precious Father. We thank you so much for everything you're doing in our lives and everything that you have done in our lives to this point. But God, we ask that tonight be a stepping stone in the next direction. That tonight be uh, 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 an explosion in our relationship with you that we close the doors that we unintentionally opened or opened, we allowed to be open in vulnerability or, or whatever happened to us, God. We ask that tonight we come to the table to eat and to drink of your goodness and your mercy and of your truths. 
So God, we come with our cups empty to be filled up by you. So Lord, we give your name the honor, the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, body of Christ said amen. Amen. Um, open relationships. I wanted to do this in this setting. Um, Greg, can you turn me down a little bit? I'm, I'm whistling a little. Um, I want to do it in this setting, sitting down and, and just really having the conversation because it's such a topic to discuss. <laughs> it's such a heavy topic to discuss. Um, I want you to know that this conversation may make you feel uncomfortable only because you may be in an open relationship. It's not going to cause you to be like, oh, what? A, no, it's going to make you think tonight. Is anybody, y'all cool with thinking tonight? <laughs> we open tonight? Cool. So open relationships. I know people are like, why you got a peach up there? <laughs> and it's funny because that can mean a few things. But open relationships, I want to come from it. I want to come about it um, in two different directions. I want to come in the natural and in the spiritual. So tonight, um, as I am educating you, I want you to know that the Lord was educating me all month long. And it is exhausting. <laughs> and it... Um, it's mentally exhausting and it's spiritually exhausting, but it is so rewarding once you know that I can close these doors that I may have not even opened myself. I may have opened them in, in vulnerability. I may have opened them in brokenness. I may have bro opened these doors in a certain season of my life and I never shut them. So I'm in an open relationship with all these things from my past and I can't commit to my future. I can't commit to my present. Does that make sense? So tonight, um, my one friend, I ain't going to call her out. She says, I always come for her throat when I preach. <laughs> so tonight, tonight may be a come for your throat type of message. But I want you to know it came from my throat first. That's why I got this turtleneck on. <laughs> See, it's good to laugh. It's good to giggle. So open relationships. I want you to write this down. Open relationships bear no fruit. They bear no fruit. And if you ever hear me say, write this down, is, is not for me, it's for you. It's for you to, to go back to and check out. Because um, I think sermon notes are just good to have. How many of y'all think sermon notes are good to have? So open relationships bear no fruit. And I want to give us three reasons why. Y'all ready? You sure? <laughs> Y'all looking at me nervous. I promise you, you're going to be okay. Three reasons why open relationships bear no fruit. Write this down. A lack of protection. There's a lack of protection. By being in an open relationship, there's no covering. There's no covering. Because the word open means access, right? So if I'm in an open relationship, not only do I have access to this thing, but it, this thing has access to me. It has access to me. 
So by being open, being accessible, it also means that everything has access to me. And because of our openness, we, we open and unlock doors that were never meant to be open. But depending on the season and our level of brokenness determines the level of um, openness that we are allowing to give. So if I'm in a state of deep depression or deep anxiety, I am opening doors in those seasons for so many things to take advantage of my vulnerability in my anxiousness, in my depression. Y'all with me? Yeah, I'm, I'm allowing, I'm opening these doors, not intentionally, but unintentionally because I'm in a vulnerable state. These doors are taking advantage of me, but it is so smart. It, this is why it's important for when you get out of one season, once you've beat one season, it is so important to make sure you don't leave any doors open because openness means access. Our spiritual door is the door that we do not often protect enough. And this is something that I had to find out way before I was Pastor Lincoln, when I was just regular Lincoln or Nate, whatever. Um, when I was just regular, and I'm still regular, let me just say that. But there is a point where I did not protect the spiritual side of me enough because the evidence was that I was looking for things everywhere. <laughs> I was looking for answers everywhere. And some, and some places I was looking wasn't even intentional. It was because of the season. This is all in the context of a season, y'all. So in our singleness, there's a lot of times that we in open relationships. <laughs> and, and none of y'all got to clap or say, yeah, that's me, because the reality is this is a very vulnerable conversation that we're having. The fact of the matter is that we have been in open relationships based on seasons. What comforted me the most in that season? And by the time I, I was trying to look for this and look for that and find this and find that, I realized that it, we don't even realize that we're, we have a lack of protection spiritually because we're open to everything. We allow so many things into our spirit. We allow so many things to speak to our spirit. Hear me when I say this. We allow so many things to speak to our spirit. As a pastor and as a person who speaks the gospel and, and speaks the truth, I have a duty to speak the truth, okay? Because where I'm about to go is based in truth, because I want us to see how some things start as one thing, but they open up gateways to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So y'all with me? Okay, we allow so many things to speak to our spirit. There is something going on in our, in our culture, especially in our young adult culture. We have become fascinated with horoscopes and astrology. With horoscopes and astrology. I want to introduce you to door number one. <laughs> horoscopes and astrology. Astrology originated in Babylon far back in ancient times. 
With the Babylonians developing their own form of horoscopes around 2,400 years ago, then around 2,100 years ago, astrology spread it to the Eastern Mediterranean, becoming popular in Egypt, which at the time was under the control of a dynasty of Greek kings. The ancient city of Babylon, a lot of y'all know where Babylon is. Babylon plays a major role in, in the Bible. Babylon was a representation of rejection of the one true God. That's where Babylon was. So horoscopes or signs originated out of rebellion of the one true God. And because of that, because of that, Bab now check this, Babylon, for anybody that can't remember where Babylon is, Babylon is the scene where, the, where ne King Nebuchadnezzar and the three Hebrew boys, this is where that situation happened. If you remember the story, and those of you who don't, in the story of the three Hebrew boys, they were being um, persecuted. They were being put to death because they would not bow down and worship the idol and the image that King Nebuchadnezzar built. So they threw them in the fiery furnace, and when they got down to the fiery furnace, it was like, well, I thought we threw down three people, but there's four. Oh, it's the Holy Spirit. So yeah, that's cool to shout on, but I want to show you where we're at right now in time. So y'all see where we're at right now? So horoscopes originated in Babylon, which was the place that was born out of rebellion of the one true God. Horoscopes in astrology are heavily based on narratives. They play to our needs in such a way that people base their dating lives off of them. I bet a good portion of us in one season or right now in this season, we know exactly what our sign is. <laughs> we know um, we can't date this person and we can't date that person. Um, what's August? Oh, don't act brand new now. Let's be real. What's August? Virgo? Okay, so what's a Virgo can't date? <laughs> don't be bougie. <laughs> A Sag. Thank you. Okay, so do you see the level of intellect? Now, this ain't, this ain't about her. This is about us. We family. We, even though she's the only one who volunteered to say what it was, I guarantee all of us know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm trying to shine a light on, we have given access to something that was created out of rebellion to the one true God. Y'all with me now? So we have given our horoscopes access to us because a lot of us are seeking dating advice in our singleness, in our complicated relationships. We're, we're looking for that, um, that advice like, who should I date? Well, my horoscope says I can't date uh, Sagittarius's or Capricorn's or Kuma, Summa Cum Laude. I can't date none of them. <laughs> I'm gonna make y'all laugh tonight because it's heavy. But the fact of the matter is, look at how we are basing a lifelong promise, because dating turns into marriage. So we are dating our, we are choosing mates based on something that was created out of rebellion of the one true God. Ain't that crazy? So here's the thing. Now that we're educated on this, what are we? Responsible. We're responsible. But 
so, an, so let me tell you what an astrologer is. An astrologer, by definition, is a person who uses astrology to tell others about their character or to predict their future, a.k.a. a fortune teller. It's a fortune teller. Can I give you all a scripture? Leviticus 19 and 30 says, Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out and so make yourself unclean by them. This is the best part of the verse. I am the Lord your God. Scripture always gives confirmation to things that we talk about. Isn't it good to know, like, oh, I can go right to the Word and show you? Because here's the thing. I didn't put the Scriptures in here because I felt like I needed to prove these things, because the enemy always wants you to prove it. If you check the Word of God, when the enemy was trying to tempt Jesus, he was saying, why don't you turn these rocks into bread? So you have the enemy trying to tell the Son of Man, the Son of God, to prove himself that he is worthy, that he is this. And Jesus is like, nah, I'm good. So I'm putting scripture, I'm here to tell you I'm good, but I want these scriptures in here to teach us. I could have created any type of sermon off of open relationship. Like, yeah, we all having sex with everybody, but the Holy Spirit told me, we need to talk about this. <laughs> we need to talk about this. So the Bible tells us do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. When you turn and open yourself to, th to these things and give them access, they have access to you. They affect your relationships. Some of us have followed the horoscope rules and started dating somebody who the horoscope said that we shouldn't have dated, and we blame their behavior on their sign Instead of blaming their behavior on, I was actually lonely and I just wanted to date you. I was actually, man, I cannot believe I'm saying this in church. I was actually hiding in drawers and I just wanted to have sex with you. And I heard that this particular horoscope is really good at this. Y'all told me I could keep it 100. This is real. We are basing our relationships off of stuff that was born out of rebellion of the one true God. I want y'all to be walking out of this service like rebellion of the one true God, because that's how it was born. We consult them with every major decision. My horoscope told me I should have did this, or my horoscope told me I should have did that. And anything you give the power to influence your decision has influence and power over you has influence and power over you. Y'all still with me? Okay, so that's one gateway. So astrology and horoscopes is cool, but you know what that leads to? Because we talked about fortune telling. Astrology is another gateway into fortune telling, and fortune telling entails the use of tarot cards and readings. Y'all still here? Okay. Tarot card reading is the practice of using tarot cards to gain insight into the past, present, or future by formulating a question. Then drawing and interpreting cards, reading tarot cards is a type of cardomancy. Car car did I say that right, wifey? Cardomancy. Cardomancy is fortune-telling or divination using a deck of cards. Now, 
history, the history of these cards is the cards started as a simple card, play, like a playing card game. Tarot cards started out as a playing card game in deep times because in, in their innocence, they were meant to be these beautiful playing cards. We have all seen, we ain't got to raise our hands, but we have all seen tarot cards in one form or fashion, whether we have accidentally been in a meeting, didn't know we was in a meeting, like, y'all got tarot cards? But we have all seen tarot cards. They have beautiful drawings on them. So in their innocence, they were made as a playing game. But because of perversion, they have been turned into something that has been associated with what we call the occult. Y'all know what that is? like secret community and stuff like that. Um, so fortune-telling, uh, tarot cards associate with fortune-telling. So cardomancy is a form of fortune-telling through cards. This leads to the interpreting of crystals known as crystalmancy. How many of y'all either know somebody? I'll say it like that. How many of you know somebody that deals with crystals? They do healings with crystals, okay? Cool, cool. Um, I want to start with innocence, and then I want to go to perversion. Is that cool? So in innocence, crystals are beautiful. <laughs> they make really nice jewelry, right? You can put them in your house. They, some of them are just on your desk. Like, oh, yeah, this is a piece I got from TJ Maxx. <laughs> I lie to y'all not. I had on a bracelet years ago. I bought this, y'all, I brought, I bought the, I won't tell you where I bought it first. I had this bracelet on, I was out with some, with some friends, and I was meeting some new people, and they were like, oh man, I love your bracelet. And I was like, thank you. And I was, you know how you get excited, people would say like, that's a nice bracelet, you be ready to tell them where you got it from, you ready to lay it on them. And before I could lay it on them, she was like, so like, is that tiger blood, or is that something you're healing for this? I'm like, what? <laughs> Bro, I got this from H&M. I don't know whose tiger's blood this is. This is from H&M. It was on clearance. I needed some bracelets. My wrist was dry. I needed something on there. I picked these up before this shindig. <laughs> so in innocence, a piece of jewelry is just jewelry. Crystals were made by God. They were put on earth for us to have them and, and uh, wear them and have all these things. But perversion comes in and it creates something that is not of God. It creates something that is not of God. So crystalmancy, uh, crystallomancy, sorry, Divinate is divination through crystal gazing. Crystal gazing is the art or practice of concentrating on a glass or crystal globe with the aim of inducing a psychic state in which divination can be performed or the attempt to predict the future events or make difficult judgments, especially without adequate data. <laughs> the vibrations and healing properties of crystals, some believe help cleanse the chakras of lingering negative energy and right both body and mind again. When I was doing my studying 
I saw they put in there that the experience is meant to be transformative. Before I move on from crystals, because I know this is something that's heavily in our, in our culture. If you broken, put on your healing crystal. If you need rest, put on your, your this crystal. And some of y'all are looking at me like, what are you talking about? This is real, I'm not even joking. This is real stuff. So people are asking a rock to cry out for them. Ooh, the word is so good. The Bible says that I won't let a rock cry out for who? Me. But yet we have this culture that says, I can't get the request out of me, so I need a rock to absorb all of my hurts, all of my pains, all of this, all of that. The crystal can do it. I'm, tonight, I want to turn people's attention from the crystal to the Christ, because the crystal can't do what Christ did on the cross. So it is a matter of, and, 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 and everybody that knows all the young adults here, some of us are new and some of us are, you know, trying to learn more. I told the core group of YA adults, even down at YSU in that little hot room where we was worshiping like it was on fire, I told them, we not, I'm not building no more weak Christians. I'm not building no more weak Christians. The devil, the devil is so real. I don't know why people think he's a joke. Like the enemy is real. He has no plans for you but to kill you, kill, steal, and destroy. And yet we keep trying to hear these, these polka dot sermons and these rub your back uh, affirmations. No, y'all, we need to hear the truth because if we don't hear the truth in the house of God, there is plenty of truth, plenty of false truth out in the world. Y'all with me? I'm going to sit down. <laughs> I got excited. So we have all been, <laughs> and let me say something about that. I hear the Lord talking about it right now. All of us have all said, like, ooh, that's a vibe. <laughs> I'm a musician. I use the word vibe a lot. <laughs> I'd be like, bro, that beat, in my line, that beat is a vibe. We was actually talking about some chord progressions the other day. I was like, man, that chord progression is a vibe, boy. That's going to be nice. Innocence. Everything starts off innocent. It is when perversion s sneaks into these things to make a word like vibe a religious <laughs> agreement. Are you about our, like, I just feel the positive vibrations. The neg I, I really feel negative vibrations. And it is funny to me that Christians, people who call themselves children of God, when, when somebody says things like this, <laughs> help me word it, Lord. Instead of loving on people, and kind of talking to them and asking them where they got that, you know, just having a regular conversation. The immediate reaction is to attack. That's from the devil. That's this. That's that. And all of that is true. But look at your delivery. Look at the delivery of the information you're trying to give. It, this sermon was so important to me that I said, I'm going to sit down and talk because delivery is important. You wouldn't be able to receive me if I brought out the big old grape, the silver podium, had my mic in my hand, and I was hollering, hallelujah, the devil. No, you wouldn't have been able to receive that. You need to hear it in a sound mind state. 
need to hear it in a level of truth and transparency. If we're going to call ourselves Christ-like, Jesus didn't go off on people who didn't know him. <laughs> Jesus didn't holler and scream at folk like, "Woo, you're going to hell. I know we really like to throw that one around. I'm not saying that hell isn't a real place because this show is. But I'm saying that's not the best way to go into a conversation. I used to dread being on YSU's campus, and they're probably not doing it right now because it's too cold and COVID-19. But there were gentlemen um, outside of Kilcally Hall, and they would have their picket signs of, you going to hell if you don't serve Jesus. It's not that their message is not true, but it is the level of aggression which turns off people who do not even know who you're talking about. How can we attract fish if we won't cast out the net? That display of what he was trying to do, that's like shooting that fish. <laughs> you're, going to hell, you're going to die, I'm going to eat you. You're going to die, I'm going to eat you. You're going to die, I'm going to put some fish sauce on you. Like, you can't catch fish like that. You have to cast out a net. You know what that net is? Love, understanding, patience. Because you know what the fact of the matter is? Somebody had to have love, patience with us. So it is so important that when we hear people speaking of these things, look at their lives, not their Instagram life. Let me talk about that. Not their Instagram life, not their outward life. They pretending it's so good. Look at all the internal things that they deal with. I know a bunch of sad people who drive really nice cars. I know a bunch of suicidal people who wear really nice clothes. Okay? This is how real this topic is. Because open relationships are based and born and bred in seasons, down seasons, depressed seasons, and anxious seasons. When I'm down and depressed, <laughs> I'm not trying to hear about do not turn to any mediums. No, 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 God, you didn't answer me, so I'm going to try to go figure out. You see that? Since God did not answer me when I needed him. No, no, no. Since the enemy tricked me and tried to make me think that God was not answering my problem when he actually already figured it out, he was just waiting on me to catch up and have faith in him. When, I'm, when I am tricked by the enemy to think that God does not care about my situation, does not care about my circumstances, I will start seeking other relationships. I'll start seeking a crystal to heal my wounds that Jesus could not heal. I'll start asking my horoscope to heal my relationships because I don't trust me and I don't trust God. So horoscope, I don't need, tell me, tell me. Y'all with me still? Yeah, because this stuff, this stuff is real. This is a real topic. Let me move on. The, ex the experience is supposed to be transformative. And when I read that, it shocked me because transformative is such an elegant word. The experience is supposed to be transformative when it's predicting your past, present, and future. It kind of reminded me of salvation. <laughs> salvation is also transformative. It speaks, it's a moment where you are in your present, getting rid of your past and going into your future. Salvation. 
So do you see how things play off of one thing to make it feel like it's okay? But it's really not. (laughs) Because gateways lead to other gateways. Can I tell you where the crystals lead to? (laughs) It leads to chakras. In Sanskrit, the word chakra means disc or wheel and refers to the energy centers in in your body. These wheels or discs of spinning energy each correspond to certain nerve bundles and major organs. Excuse me, to function at their best, your chakras need to stay open or balanced. If they get blocked, you may experience physical or emotional symptoms related to a particular chakra. There are seven main chakras that run, <laughs> that run along your spine. They start at the root or base of your spine and extend to the crown of your head. This is where horoscopes and astrology, a gateway, the next gateway is to fortune telling. And then the next gateway It's the crystals. Next gateway is the chakras. And then this is the next gateway. The Sanskrit term for, and I may be saying it wrong, forgive me, Kundali Shakti translates as serpent power. Serpent power. Kundalini is thought to be an energy released within an individual using specific meditation techniques. It is represented symbolically as a serpent. This is so messed up. Symbolically as a serpent coiled at the base of the spine. So imagine a a snake. That's what a serpent is. Imagine a snake coiling itself around your spine. Don't that feel comfortable? The serpent So in this new gateway door that we've opened, this particular belief is telling me that serpents heal. Y'all see that? This is telling me that serpents heal. Now, the serpent is a universal and complex symbol. It can represent death, destruction, evil, a penetrating legless essence and or poison. In our culture, As a Christian, um, we know the serpent as our old buddy, Satan. No, he's not your buddy. (laughs) Satan is serpent. We know him to be disguised as the serpent when he instigated the fall of man by tricking Eve into breaking God's command. So in these cases, snakes are seen as healers. And I told my wife, I wish I could put up a picture of a snake on the, uh, on the screens, but I'm scared of snakes. <laughs> and I said, no, that was a lie. You're not going to have me looking for four snake pictures trying to put one in a slideshow. No. The, the nature of the serpent is deceit. The nature of a serpent is deceit. Isn't it funny that 
where one culture says that snakes heal. God made all animals, and he made the snake. This is how God felt about the serpent. (laughs) Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, he tricked Adam and Eve in the garden. And more than, uh, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go and dust you will eat all the days of your life. So snakes had legs? But because Satan used this thing, it was cursed forevermore. And because we conversated with the serpent, we were cursed in sin before Jesus got here. Y'all still with me? The serpent. Don't you think if God intended serpents to heal, he would have made them nicer? (laughs) Name three nice snakes you know. (laughs) Name three cute snakes you know. Look at a snake's eyes. Look at a snake's form, bodily form. It slithers. It's slimy. Some of them is thick. (laughs) This group right here is like, oh my God. (laughs) The snake, the serpent. I'm saying all this to get your point, to, 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 to extend my point. There is no protection in open relationships. Can I, can I, can I go further? Can I go deeper? (laughs) <laughs> and when we dabble in these things, they start in innocence. And whatever you dabble in also dabbles in you. You ever been in a season of life where, like, you feel like I'm so stuck? I feel like I'm doing all these things, but I feel so stuck? Check your spine. <laughs> check, check, check the doors you've been opening. You might have something wrapped around your spine that you never intended to be wrapped around you. And once it's wrapped around you, it starts wrapping you around certain things. It starts wrapping you around different lies. It starts making you believe that this crystal can do what God can't. This this thing can do what God, I've been asking God for so long to help me with this and help me with my family and help me with my relationships. But now, since God won't listen to me, I'm going to go to my horoscope. And and since I'm still going in there, I, I might as well just go in here. And you don't realize you are opening yourself to so much that there is no protection around you. There's no spiritual protection around you when you open yourself to these things. Your spirit is compromised. You're compromised. Y'all, it's even in, even in layman terms. You can't sleep with everybody. Okay? And I know people are like, oh, you can throw a condom on. You can't throw a condom for you. There's no condom for your spirit or your heart. Okay? There's none of that. So therefore, why do we loosely use our, let our spirit be so open to so many things? We protect our physical more than our spiritual. 
We, we protect it. We, we protect our, our physical so much. We work on it. We, put, we will put our body through so many workouts in order to look thin and tired or whatever it is. But when it comes to our spirit, our spirit can't even do one push-up. Can, can I preach? Yeah, our spirit can't even do a sit-up. But our body can do everything that we want to. But our spirit is so weak because we have allowed so many things to have access to us. Y'all don't even like giving out your phone number that much. Why? Because if they have your phone number, they have what? Access to you. Access to you. Even as a pastor, sometimes I don't like giving out my phone number. Can I keep it 100? Some days, People will text you and have problems, and you'd be like, Lord, have mercy. I'm trying to deal with my own stuff. But because of the calling on my life and because I gave them what? Access. Therefore, I, I have to answer the call. And you feel better once you get on the phone and talk to people and all that stuff. But it's the fact that I cannot complain about things having access to me if I gave them the key. Y'all with me? Are y'all really with me? Because I know this topic is deep, and I know some of us have been involved in these things or, or have uh, been around people that do this stuff. This is not here to persecute you. This is here to pull you out of it, okay? This is to pull you into a new season, okay? There's no protection. The enemy has so many access to us, so much access to us, to us when we open the doors. Write this down. The, the other fruit, the, because there, there's three reasons why we have no fruit, the next thing is lack of commitment. Lack of commitment. Open relationships have lack of commitment. When there's openness in relationships, there's no protection, there's no commitment. So I'll use this example before I go into the one I want to go into. Some of us have been in intimate relationships where we have had a partner, had somebody, excuse me, and the result has always left us empty because what's our favorite thing? We're we not looking for satisfaction. We're looking for what? Substance. So we are looking for substance in an open relationship, but open relationships have a lack of commitment. So we're searching for something that is not the nature of that thing. It's not the nature of open relationships to have commitment. It's called open. I'm dating everybody plus you. I'm with everybody. <laughs> you laugh. I'm with everybody plus you. I'm doing every religion plus you, Jesus. <laughs> and the reason why there's a lack of commitment is because I've come to find out that we, we, got, we got commitment issues. We got commitment issues. We want to claim Jesus, but we don't want the commitment. We, we want to claim that we are Christ-like, but we don't want to do the Christ-like things. Can I give you an example? We want to put the Scriptures in our bios, <laughs> but we don't want to live by the Scripture in our bio. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> We want to wear all the cool shirts, the Jesus shirts, and Jesus is nowhere evident in our lives. 
I saw somebody with a G, something with Jesus on it in the club. I was like, wait a minute. It's the wrong place. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to catch some fish, but this might not be the area. <laughs> we want to claim him, but we don't want to commit to him. And you know what? This hurt me to put it in my sermon, but it was only the Lord, and it, it really hit me in my stomach. <sighs> Y'all ready? Our relationship is turned to friends with benefits with Jesus. <sighs> we hit him up when we need him. And then we don't need them. I'm going to see you around the way. <laughs> Open relationship. Lack of commitment. If your throat hurt, know that mine hurt first. <laughs> we won't commit. We hit them up for blessings, and then we head out after. And we won't see them again until we need them again. <laughs> we often one night stand Jesus. We, we experience him in a, in, a, in a service like this, in a worship experience like this, and we leave him here. He ain't allowed to go nowhere else other than here. Jesus, you stay here because my life out there does not add up to this, so I'm going to praise you in here, but I'm going to go do everything I was doing before out there. I'm a one-night stand you here, and when I need you again next Wednesday, I'll meet up with you. It's tough. Y'all, I know. I know. It, it's heavy spirits in here and heavy hearts, but tonight, I already told, I told Antoine, I told my wife, I said, tonight is the turn. Tonight is going to be the turn from this stuff, okay? So stick with me. We one-night stand Jesus because the commitment <clears throat> to being one of his disciples comes with a cost. Peter experienced that. Peter experienced um, when they were arresting Jesus and he was on trial, they were talking about some, ain't you Peter, the one that was kicking in with Jesus? And what did Peter say? No. Nah. <laughs> Commitment. Commitment comes with a cost. Guilty by association. Affiliation. Some of us are catching hell from people because we know somebody who does some crystals or dust and that. Oh, you do that too? No, joker. <laughs> I'm just friends with them. And oh, yeah, Holy Spirit, and I'm friends with them because they need the Jesus in me more than I need the crystals on them. That, that's what it is. That's what it, yeah. Don't be, yeah, yes, Holy Spirit. Don't be scared to be friends with these people. I ain't telling you to stop being friends with them. I'm telling you to start telling them the truth. Okay? And I'm, start, I'm telling you to stop letting their truths be your truths. Have a separation. I'm cool with a lot of broken people. Don't mean I'm hooking up with them to be broken too. Okay? I have old friend groups that I'm not scared to talk to. I'm going to talk to them because we're friends. But I can't hop in your lifestyle no more. That's not who I am no more. I preached a sermon called That's Not My Name No More. I meant that thing when I said it. Because I went through hell and high water to get to who I am now. I had to commit to something. And because I am who I am now, I cannot compromise who I am now to give satisfaction to who you are in this moment. That's what this is. That's what this is, y'all. So, <laughs> open relationships keep us from exclusivity. Don't you remember? It ain't one of the reasons we want to be in relationships with people in intimate relationships because we want somebody to claim us. Say, I'm your boo. I'm, uh, Usher, Reverend Usher said it best, 
okay? I'm your man and you're my, you my girl. I'm gonna tell it to the whole wide world. I'm your, look at you. Yeah, this ain't sin. This is, I had a life before this, brother. Usher can be saved too. <laughs> but y'all, we, we, we want that validation. We want somebody to claim us. Tell me I'm yours, validate me. When you commit, when you have commitment, you have validation. My wife don't gotta worry about getting claimed. I claim her, that's my wife. I put a ring on it. And you know what she can do? She can say the same thing to me. That's my husband, I put a ring on it. That's mine, back up. Just like I can say, Paige, my life, you can say the same thing. But uh-uh, wrong street. That's what you can say. We all, y'all, y'all, y'all. Y'all know y'all be, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know y'all be excited. If you, when y'all know when y'all was either, some of y'all in a relationship or was in a relationship, you get excited to tell somebody off. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am, why are you in my man's DMs? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> y'all be like, uh-uh, boo-boo. <laughs> Not these DMs. Y'all be ready, y'all, some of y'all done took pictures to, like this, be like, do I know, to send in the DMs, like, do I know you? <laughs> we really good at protecting our significant others, but we don't protect our spirit. And that's why everything has access to us. Everything has access to us. When you can go to God and say, God, I'm struggling. God, it's dark. Are you here? The commitment inside of him. And you know what's crazy? We say, God, it's dark here. God, where are you? And you know what he gives us? He gives us one of the Psalms. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's validation. The validation of my relationship with Jesus is that he will never leave me nor forsake me, even in the darkest of valleys. The Bible says, for thou art with me. That's what commitment is. But when you cry out in fear and doubt in open relationships, they will point you to something else. Wait, so, so are you having like trouble with relationships? Well, if horoscopes aren't working to you, maybe you need to go get your horse, maybe you need to go get your palm read. <laughs> maybe you need to get some crystal healings. May, that's not working for you. Maybe you need to try tarot cards. I know somebody. <laughs> These are real conversations because open relationships don't lead you to one thing. They lead you to many things. If this ain't working, go try this. If this ain't working, try this. It worked for me. I had somebody come heal me with, with their crystals, all this stuff. Like, th this is real stuff. I wish I was making this up, but this is so real, and it's so messed up because people are being tricked that there is no one true God. This stuff is born out of what? Rebellion of the one true God. Open relationships bear no fruit of commitment. And the last thing I want to talk about is they bear no fruit of substance. They lack substance. All these things <clears throat> that we open up to have no substance. And when God was giving this to me, he told me none of them can sustain us to the point of fulfillment. 
crystal can't, support, can't sustain me to a point of fulfillment. A crystal can be destroyed. It can be broken. Horoscopes can't fulfill me. They can't sustain me. No substance. You know what the Lord told me? All of these things, the thirst traps. The thirst traps. Y'all remember the sermon? Well, some of y'all may not. There's a sermon I preached about thirst traps, and I was talking about the woman at the well. And where people thought it was about promiscuity and all that stuff, I was talking about the fact that we get trapped in things because we're thirsty. <laughs> we're longing for something. We're longing for fulfillment. We're longing for validation. And in the middle of our thirst, open relationships catch us because <laughs> we're thirsty. When you're thirsty, you don't think straight. They call it dehydration. When you are spiritually dehydrated, it's hard to see the truth, to hear the truth. It's hard. We seek something to speak to all of our needs. And because of our thirst, we have been tricked into thinking that there must be more. There's got to be more than just Jesus. There's got to be more than just this. There's got to be more than just that. And you know what? There, there is more. It's not a sin to want more. It's not a sin to want more. The sin comes in place where, where are you looking for more? Where are you looking for more? Are you looking for more in, in your body count? How many people are you messing around with? Are you looking for more in the amount of substance abuse you're using? Because doors are not just this stuff I'm preaching about. This was just something that was relatable and relevant to what's going on now. People have opened doors to alcoholism because they were depressed and they used to drink wine one time after work because they had a bad day and now they're alcoholic. Door. Open. And because we're thirsty, we seek substance in things that are not sustainable. Go ahead. We seek substance in things that are not sustainable. We don't have to look far for something that will satisfy us. We don't have to search far and wide for something that'll satisfy us. Check this scripture out. John 16, verse 12. I have much more. There is so much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he, what he has heard. <clears throat> he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. I want to um, I want to introduce you 
the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. In the Trinity, it talks about that there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is something that often can be misconstrued as something that's scary, or something that's so mystical. And in reality is, the Holy Spirit is the one-stop shop for every need that we would have. The Holy Spirit is the hub that can handle every single problem that we could ever encounter. And I told you I wanted to prove it to you in Scripture. Can I prove it to you? Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, if you ever... If you have ever felt as if no one understands you or how to communicate, Romans says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Has anybody ever felt like they can't, they don't have control over their thoughts or their mindset? Has anybody ever felt that way? Raise your hand. You don't have any control over your thoughts or your mindsets? I want to introduce you to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Has anybody ever felt hopeless? Anybody ever felt hopeless? Yeah. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Has anybody ever felt powerless? You feel like you don't have any power over your family, you don't have any power to break the chains over the things that you've been trying to, anybody ever felt like that? Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Has anybody ever felt helpless? I need some help. I need help in my relationships. I need help in my family. I need help in my career. I need help in this. I need help with my mind, my mental health, all of these things. Has anybody ever felt like they needed, they needed help? Yeah. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I read all of those things to tell you that the Holy Spirit is all that you need.
all that you need. You don't need a crystal. You don't need a vibe. You don't need none of this stuff that the world is trying to push onto us. You know what you need? The Holy Spirit. I gave you. If you felt helpless, there's a scripture. If you felt powerless, there's a scripture. If you felt hopeless, there's a scripture. If you felt like you have no control, you, there's a scripture. All that to prove that the Bible has everything that we need. And there's so many tools to help us find what we need in the Bible. You can go to, to the church, to the app, type in, I'm feeling lonely, and it'll pull up scriptures that talk about loneliness. Talk about, I'm feeling weary. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, doing something that'll hurt myself. There's scriptures for all of that. Tonight was so significant to me because there, there's so many lies in the world. So many lies told to us as young adults that we have to do this and we have to do that to feel substance. So many lies. But there's truth right in front of us, right before us in this moment. Just like in John 16 and 12, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. Not to just one thing, not to just four things, multiple things, but to all truth. He'll lead you to all truth. Tonight, the Holy Spirit is the only vibration, the only energy, the only anything that you need. Jesus gave us access to this. Acts, the Holy Spirit. He gave us this through salvation. The, the great thing about salvation is when we give our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. It's up to us to activate it. To activate it. I know some people that are listening to me online or in this room have went to fortune tellers and people read palms and all this stuff. You don't need a fortune teller. You just need the story writer. You don't need a fortune teller. You just need the story writer. And the person who wrote your story is Jesus. The God of all the earth, all the universe. You see, all of these things are serving creation. Isn't it awesome to know that we don't have to serve creation we serve the creator of the creation. I don't bow down to the universe. I bow down to the king of kings and the creator of the universe. I don't fool with crystals because God, the, the owner of the universe told me that I shouldn't let a rock cry out for me. So therefore, I'm not going to let a stone, a crystal, cry out for me. Remember, this is not to persecute. This is to educate. Remember, I said at the beginning of this sermon, I said, I want us to open up our minds and our spirits so that we can close some doors. Are we ready to close some doors? Let's stand on our feet. I told the YA team, wife, I said, tonight, has a turning spirit on it, a turning 
What do I mean by turning? What do I mean by turning? Second Chronicles verse, chapter 7, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, excuse me, and I will forgive them of their sin. I want every eye closed in this room, every head bowed. I want privacy in this room. Those of you online, yeah, bow your head too. Close your eyes. This is the turning point. The turning point to say that I have doors open that I need help closing, God. I've dabbled in this and I've dabbled in this while I've accepted this stuff being spoken into my life and I've accepted this stuff being spoken into my spirit. And when I thought I brushed it off, I found myself participating. If that's you, in an honest moment, every eye is closed there. I can see everybody. In an honest moment, I just want you to raise your hand and say, I need to close some of these doors. I didn't even realize they were open. I didn't realize that that I, was, that I was dealing with crystals, I was dealing with this. I'm talking about crystals, fortune telling, anything like that. Any, uh, any of those things I named, if you have been encountered with that and you want to close that door, I just want you to slip your hand up. Yeah. Now for relationship-wise, you still got some doors open, whether it is family or intimate. There's some doors of hurt that you left open when you moved on from that season. And you're wondering why there's still something lingering in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit. If that's a door you want to close, I want you to slip your hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With every eye open, just looking at me. This is the turn. God is ready. Jesus is ready to do his part. He's waiting on us to do our part. Okay? Last week we said that salvation cleanses our singleness. Salvation cleanses our singleness. And salvation also cleanses everything else. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a one-stop shop. So we're going to do something together because we don't pray alone here. If you want to shut these doors, I just want you to repeat after me. Because there's some people, we're going to shut doors, and then there's going to be people who are opening a new door. And that door is to Jesus Christ into their heart. Okay? So we're going to pray together and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to be saved. I'm lost, and I need you. Jesus, I believe that you died and he rose from the grave just for me. And because of that, I choose to follow you. Follow you. I choose to follow you in all of my days. Now this prayer, I want to speak over you. I just want you to receive it. Father God, in the name of Jesus, for those of us who have doors open, that need to be closed. God, whether we're ready to admit it in this company, in this group, online, or whether we're still battling with it in private, 
God, I ask that your Holy Spirit invades every heart and every mind right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that your peace that the Holy Spirit brings rushes over them like a flood. I ask that your understanding rushes over them like a flood. I ask that if they feel helpless, you let the Bible speak to them. If I ask if they feel hopeless, that your word and your spirit speaks to them. I ask, God, that any door that's been left open for a past relationship, God, we know that that person was no good for us, but we left the door open just in case. Close it right now in the name of Jesus. It was toxic while we were in it, and it's toxic now that we're separated from it. So Jesus, close the door. Close the door. Because only you can close it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's, there's a transparency in the room. Transparency means there's honesty. It's, it's, it's humble, it's, it's open, it's transparent. I, this sermon was not meant to make you feel like you did something wrong. It was meant to educate you that I am maybe doing something wrong, but I can get out of it. It's so, it, it hurts when you can't get out of something. Think back to the relationships that you thought you could never have gotten out of, but yet here you are standing without those relationships. It's the same principle with your spirit side. I never thought I would get out of being insecure about my calling, but here I am standing in the middle of my calling. I never thought that I could stand and get outside of my own head of being fearful of who God called me to be. I thought I was always going to be anxious. I thought I was always going to be fearful. I thought I was always going to be depressed. But here I am standing in a new season because I said no to open relationships and I said yes to my committed relationship. Oh yeah, I'm with Jesus. Oh yeah, I'm with G-O-D till I die. <laughs> the black in me came out for a minute. I always want to make things simple to understand and easy to apply. Yeah, it's easy to understand, but now I have to apply. We're aware of this stuff now. We're aware of, of what crystals and and um and all this stuff was was born out of it was born out of rebellion of the one true God okay so now that we know we got to act on that and if you need help on acting on it <laughs> I know a helper by the name of the Holy Spirit